0: Hi, I'm Thomas Cross Hoops, and I'm a seeker of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In my pursuit of truth, truth found me, and now I can't stop following him. Join me and my guests as we pursue truth together. I'm excited to share some of the things the Lord has been speaking to my heart lately uh, regarding obedience and responding to the Lord, and coming into agreement with things, and, and recently I, I wrote on a, on a blog about um, obedience, not sacrifice, and you know, First Samuel fifteen twenty-two, it says, and Samuel said, has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. I started really kind of digging deeper into what obedience meant and wondering why the Lord would rather obedience than sacrifice. What does that mean? I I, I wrote about it a little bit um, and talked about it on the podcast, uh, how Psalms 139 fits into that, um, you know, discerning the voice of the Lord, asking him to search me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and we learn to ask the Lord to show us what's in our heart, and then we respond accordingly, and we basically um, obey what the Lord's showing us. Forgive, let go of something, replace a lie with truth, which is repentance, and so that's that's coming into agreement with, with what the Lord's saying. But what does obedience mean? What does the word obey mean in in the context? And um, the primitive root for that word, the Hebrew, is shama. I'm not good with pronunciation, but shama. And it means to hear intelligently. Ultimately, it means to hear, listen, and obey. So the concept here is that obedience isn't simply following orders or just, you know, blindly obeying someone. Obedience means that you heard what was being said, you understood it and you, you aligned yourself with it. You responded to it and you came into agreement with it. You basically obeyed what was being asked of you because you heard it and understood it. So why would God, the creator of heaven and earth, who can have anything he wants, who created us with a free will, he doesn't you know make slaves or pawns that just do, do bidding and, and worship him blindly, obedience requires back and forth obedience requires partnership with god he loves to partner with us he loves to communicate with us he loves to be involved in our lives honestly i really believe that the modern day church and the you know western christianity has been reduced back to religion and you know sacrifice and formulas and i'm not saying everybody lives this way but hear my heart. To learn to live that life where God is involved in our daily lives, it, it doesn't happen automatically. It um, I've shared on the podcast friends that would ask the Lord, which, you know, fruit to take home, which, you know, they, they did everything with the Lord. And it was such an example to me. But for you and I, just, just living our daily lives, we tend to have the right answer. We went to school. We went to theology. We understand the Bible. We understand you know, how to work and make money and pay the bills, and churches today are modeled after, you know, they're modeled after corporations and businesses. So they have these formulas, you know, if you church plan every hundred people is supposed to be able to take care of a salary, that kind of thing. Well, God doesn't do that, right? He doesn't, he doesn't do everything in formulas. Um, there are principles that we honor in that work, but God wants to be involved in our daily lives. If you look at Jesus, he didn't continue to do the same miracles. I don't think he did one miracle the same twice. He, he did, you know, one, one day he's spitting in the dirt and rub it in a man's eyes. Another day he's speaking to the eyes to open. He's speaking to ears to open. Um, you know, Smith of Goldsworth used to just follow the Holy Spirit and beat people in the chest and throw them off the stage and pull them out of wheelchairs. I mean, you wouldn't do those things if you didn't hear it in your spirit and respond. I mean, could you imagine just going around and chucking babies off stages? And, you know, I think he kicked a baby, punted a baby off a stage and it came to life. I mean, God is the God of, of of person, you know, personal relationship. He wants to be the center of our lives. There's a concept from my YWAM leadership training school. Um, it was all about co-creation with God and innovation. And, you know, you can hear stories of famous uh, inventors and scientists who you know give credit to the holy spirit to where they came up with ideas but i i have a feeling that more than not that many of these famous inventions and things that radically changed the world um, whether they were acknowledged to have come from the lord or not probably came from the spiritual realm from people tapping in and, and and sensing you know, what the Lord is putting on their hearts, you know, whether that's um, penicillin or you know, flight or any, any kind of invention you can think of. Um, so many of them, they, they tap into that spiritual realm and they partnered with God, with the creator to bring these things into fruition. And that's really what our life should be like. We should live our daily lives um, not just jumping, you know, the first inclination is going to be to do it in your own strength, to do it the way you were taught, you went to college, um, you know, you need something, um, then you go ahead and do it. Perfect example, Um, a a dear friend of mine, Pastor Pat from Oasis of Tampa Bay, got a notice that, you know, their church needed to have the roof painted, the side painted, the paint scraped, they needed to remove wood. And, you know, I work a a full-time job. And I I knew I wasn't going to be able to go physically do all the work and volunteer like I used to be able to, so my first inclination was to start a crowdfunding. And you know, I think I put a thousand, and I knew that wasn't enough, so I put a zero. It was ten thousand, which probably scared some people away. Um, Ultimately, drops it down to five thousand. But to be honest, that was my thought that raising money so we could pay people because I know it costs a lot of money to pressure wash and paint and do removal and tree trimming and for a big church building it's it's um it's a lot and what ended up happening was the community came together and the Lord put it on people's hearts. And, you know, a local businessman pressure washed the building for free. Um, some guys from the Timothy Initiative Ministry came out with me and we we scraped the building and prepared it for pain. And we put some primer on it and we trimmed the trees back from the roof. And uh, somebody else cleared the, the yard of, you know, an old swing set. Uh, another Christian businessman has, has offered to paint the whole building. And it's funny because the money that Pat raised from her church and some money came into the crowdfunding. Uh, a family member you know, gave directly to me $200. Um, other people gave directly to Pat because they saw the crowdfunding on my Facebook. So it wasn't that this Facebook site, this crowdfunding raised $5,000. Honestly, I think there's $100 in there. Yes, it did bring attention and more money came in directly to Pat, directly to me, not in the crowdfunding. However, my original mind was like you know what we just have to raise money well god had a different idea and he was bringing the community together to bless pat bless oasis of tampa bay and you can still give um i think the money that we raised over 1500 dollars alone is co- going to cover the paint but of course um you know a lot of paint for a roof and a building that size and you know more work needs to be done deck in the back needs to be replaced we'll have to buy the wood but I'm i'm gonna help her out because um, I have a relationship with Dan and Pat since I came back from the missions field and they've been such a blessing to me. And, and so I need to learn to hear the Lord. Um, maybe he'll give me a creative idea on how to get the wood. Um, maybe somebody else will come volunteer and help me. But my first inclination was to rely on my own strength and my own wisdom. Um, I think we do that in our daily lives. And oftentimes I would hear the Lord for creative ideas for things, raising money um, different ministries I've been involved with, different churches and, and on the missions field. And I put the, you know, the question to my dad, I put the question to other people in the past, you know, we have these formulas and we, we take our tithe and we pay the bills. Um, but what if we were like at a, at a church, you know, why not? If we asked the Lord what he wants to do, what if, what if we said, you know what, God, we want to use all the money all the tithe for for the orphan and the widow. We want to use all the money that comes in on the weekly basis to do ministry for the community. If you said that, and then you said, okay, God, here's our, our cost that we need. Here's our budget. This is what we need to run this church, you know, for salaries and for basic, you know, electricity, water, for the year. And you put that number out there and you say, God, how do you want to pay for that? I mean, for me, different times we've had outreaches or fundraising, he would give me these ideas, you know, do a community bake sale, do a church-wide garage sale. You know, the Joy FM is a local radio station. They're amazing, awesome music. I love, you know, giving to them when they do their, their um, you know, when you're young, you're like, oh, this is annoying. They have these calls for a week. and But when you're older and you realize this is a community source, crowd-funded radio station, and people have a week to basically provide for the whole budget for this radio station for a whole year. And and that there's something to speak of that. That's the, that's the vision the Lord gave them. And it works and they provide for their whole operating costs for a year from from these telethons or you know radio call-in thons. Well, God can do that for you too. He can do that for your church, for your ministry, for your nonprofit. Um there's another concept I got from singing waters up in Canada and yeah, God is all about a vision-based budget, not a budget-based vision. And that requires faith. And that requires partnership with God. That requires being obedient to what you hear the Lord saying to you. So that's really my heart in this, is why does the Lord desire obedience and not sacrifice? Only because He desires to be involved in your daily life. He desires to, you know, walk you through sanctification and going from glory to glory daily, which goes back to Psalms 139, where we ask the Lord to show us what's in our heart. And, you know, any, any the word in the, you know, if there's any pain in me, that word is pain, sorrow, idol. I say it every episode I'm on because it's something that's been my life verse for 20 years. And I've only recently seen some of the deeper meanings of it the last few years. So as we go through our life, learning to be more reliant on the Lord. And the beautiful thing about God um, and being 41 and just having more life experience and, and walking in more grace and freedom and joy and peace. Thank you, Jesus. Um, is that I realize that no matter where you find yourself and, you know, how, how well you're doing at letting the Lord direct your life and, and you know, being obedient, you're perfect and acceptable as you are and there's no condemnation there's no condemnation if you're self-reliant there's no condemnation if you're in bondage there's no condemnation if you're struggling with depression anxiety suicide but you know what there is there's hope there's peace there's joy and the holy spirit wants to walk you through it we don't have to accept any of those situations we come in you know if if that's your norm is to you know live out of fear and you know worry about your bills and that's fine that's that's where you find yourself and the lord is not condemning you he's not angry with you he's not mad at you however he would love to take you on a journey of learning to be better with your finances to learn to you know change your thinking, to renew your mind, to repent of, of lies that you believe about yourself and God. It's just a journey, and it's it's the, the journey is the destination. We've been talking about a lot on the Seeker of Truth podcast. The journey is the destination. You know, like the Bible says, you don't know what your tomorrow brings. You don't know when it's your last, you know, day between the dash or the numbers between the dash. However, you do know that the Lord promised to be with you every step of the way. He loves you uh, as you are, not as you should be. He's removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. He literally came down, the angel came down when Jesus was born and said, Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Jesus was born before the foundations of the earth. He already had planned to be sacrificed for the salvation of the world. The whole world. Not just the people that go to church or say they're Christians. The whole world. The sins of the world. We're placed upon Jesus Christ. Every sin, you know, past, present, and future. Jesus does not have to get, you know, crucified like this old teaching that every time you cursed or every time you did something, you were driving a nail into That's not true, right? So the God of the ages, the God who is and was and is to come, once and for all had a plan for salvation of the earth. He put it into motion. And now... We as believers have two things to do. And this came to me Sunday during worship. It was just a, a sweet moment in my spirit because this is all the things the Lord's been talking to me about. I just really felt the Lord put on my heart that we respond to the love of God and we come into agreement with the cross. And what that means is if you listen to you know any finished works of the cross teaching or Andrew Womack teaching or Joyce Myers teaching, um, it's all about what God's already done and Andrew Wommack, you know go find his website look up some of the stuff if you really want to go deeper on these topics but when Jesus died that was it he said it was finished and once and for all he became a curse so that we could be alive right he he defeated death on the cross once and for all the wages of sin was death Jesus took away the power of sin on the cross. And he gave us this ever abundant Zoe life, this ability to walk in freedom, joy, peace, no matter what our circumstances, in chains, in addiction and bondage, you know, in, um, you know, literal human trafficking victims have been known to come out and they had experienced, you know, peace, they've experienced joy, they've given testimonies of the the Lord giving them comfort in in their pain and suffering. Um, But that That love and joy and peace that comes from the Father, it's available for everybody, anywhere, anytime. The difference between experiencing all that Jesus provided for on the cross and not experiencing it is simply an agreement. And it's hard to say that. And I think that's why people like Joyce Meyer and Andrew Womack are so loved and hated because many call them heretics and don't like their messages, but they take the simplicity of the gospel and they take the truth of the gospel and they, and they just continuously, you know, renew your mind by teaching over and over the same verses, the same concepts in the Bible. And, um, you know, like I said, Andrew Womack breaks it down very well, but Jesus doesn't, God doesn't have to ever do anything again. Literally, what's already been done on the cross is is all that ever needs to happen. God's always sending love towards us, always sending peace towards us, always sending joy towards us. The difference is us. We're the receptor, not God. So there's times that I've you know, struggle with anxiety, depression, different things. And sure, when you're in those places, it's hard to look up. It's hard to cry out to God. Sometimes you just want to sleep or you want to avoid people. But the reality is, had I been able to look up, if you're able to, you know, that's why we need to be our brother's keepers. We need to reach out. We need to stay in community. We need to, you know, love. And um, I'm saying all of this because the reality is any area in your life that you're not experiencing the things that Jesus provided for on the cross, then that's your job. That's your journey to go down that road with him. Again, you're perfect as you are. You, You can die and go to heaven and never worry about what happened. However, if it's that desire in your heart to be whole, to be free, to be healed, physical healed, go down that journey with the Lord because it's already been provided for on the cross. Jesus died for our sins. By his stripes, we were healed. He's already done everything he's ever gonna do. He literally separated you from sin and bondage and shame and guilt. And a lot of of the rest of this is simply going down a journey of learning to replace lies with truth which is repentance and come into agreement with the cross come into agreement with what God did on the cross. And that's that's what I've noticed it's easier to look back 41 years and see the 20 years of, you know, inner healing and deliverance and growth that I've had and it was always in these times when I would be in worship when I would be getting prayed for when I'd be at the altar when I'd be in conferences and when because I was at peace, because I was in the presence of God, because I was in worship, I could separate that noise, that depression, that anxiety, and I could hear the Lord and I would respond. Sometimes it would be a thought, it would be someone to forgive, it would be something to repent of, some, some hidden sin or you know addiction or something you've done that was wrong. Maybe he would remind me of someone I needed to call or email or forgive, um, You know, heal relationships. I'm so grateful for a mom and dad that brought me up in the church that they pastored and taught us how important it was to keep um, short accounts. And to before you take your communion, you ask the Lord and he'll put somewhere on your heart that you need to go to your brother or forgive or repent. And so they taught me and they modeled that. And King David was always a hero of mine because I could feel his anguish. I had times I felt like I was in a cave. I was hiding. I was avoiding. And the Psalms are just filled with these stories of raw emotion and pain. And and even King David, before the cross, understood grace and understood his reliance upon the Lord, which is ultimately what that responding to God's love is and coming into agreement with the cross. It's coming to that place of realizing that we need a Savior, that Jesus is our Savior and that he already did it. It's already done. It's finished. Nothing ever has to happen again. All we have to do is come into agreement with God. And certainly there's discipleship and there's, you know, there's um, sanctification and going from glory to glory. But that's not what God needs. There's, you don't need to worry about discipleship. Someone today at the Bible study at, at TI said, um, yeah, do you need to stop smoking marijuana to come to God? Do you need to stop doing this? Do you?" Do? No, the answer is no. God said, come as you are. That relationship with God, that intimacy, responding to the Lord and what He's putting on your heart and obeying it—that's where that that um, you know behavior changes. You don't change your behavior for God; you change your behavior with God. You change your behavior out of a response to the love of God. You change your behavior out of a uh, uh, just literally that obedience. That He He's not gonna. I remember going to counseling a long time ago and. Um, She was lovely, and she was like, I was like, I wanna do this, I don't wanna fix this. And I was dipping, and she was like, listen, Thomas, like, you can't fix everything at once. Like, just pick one of those things. Like, you, you know, you don't need to stop drinking, stop dipping, doing this, like, pick one of those things. And that was good advice, because that's how I used to live my Christian life. Like, I gotta do everything right, I gotta be perfect. And, you know, I really spent a lot of years hearing the Lord and wanting to live out of character and not charisma. Um, he gave me these gifts, a passion for people, ability to connect with people. I was always very charismatic. And I've seen so many men and women, m- mostly men of God, that were very broken. They lived their life out of their charisma. They weren't walking in love. They wrought havoc on ministries and churches because of their own shortcomings. But they had the gifts. They, they were the rock stars. They had the, the face of the ministry. And um, I didn't want that. So I remember, you know, deep down long time ago, telling God that I wanted to live out of character, not charisma. And only recently is he sharing with me that, you know, after 15 years of going down this journey and and I'm not where I need to be with character, but I'm on my way and I'm learning that the destination is, you know, set, the, the destination is the journey. The journey is the destination and I'm embracing it, learning to live fully accepted as I am, not as I should be just love Brendan Manning so much. He, he brought me so much love and peace along the way in my suffering. And um, th- this ability of our humanness to come into agreement with God is relationship. That's intimacy. We worship God, we honor Him, we praise Him. We come before Him with thanksgiving and praise and He fills up the atmosphere. He clears the air in the room. And then there's a response that takes place. And not all churches do this, but I recommend it that, that, you know, I remember going to churches that just did some worship and it was done and then the pastor preached. But during worship, if the Lord led me to the ground or led me on my face on a cafeteria floor, then I would I would get there because that was me responding. And, and in those early days of coming back to the Lord or coming coming back from the missions field when I was a mess, Um That was the only safe place I had to respond to the Lord. I really struggled with intimacy in my own prayer closet, in my own house. I piggybacked off corporate worship, and when the atmosphere would be clear and free and my heart was crying out to the Lord, that's when I could hear His voice and I could respond to what it was He was telling me. Um, I'm sort of just, you know, it's really late and I really wanted to get one out uh, this Wednesday, Um, so I wanted to to do this um, tonight. And hear my heart, uh, look up, um, I'll link to the, 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 the obedient or disobedient on my website, on the blog, seekeroftruth.co. I, I definitely wrote it out a little more succinct and um, I'm kind of all over the place tonight. But my heart is this, that as we believers learn and grow and enjoy this, this journey called life, that we can embrace where we are never accepting it that there's always glory to glory there's there's more intimacy there's more depths of his love and um you know you can go to heaven just now just how you are just by realizing you need a savior coming to agreement with the cross that's it but you know what god doesn't work that way he wants to partner with you and your life to reach the rest of the people around you he wants to you know, grow you up in his in his ways to where you're so discerning that you are a light in the dark, that you are the salt of the earth. And, um, you know, that's not just someone that's going to die and go to heaven. That's someone that lived their life on earth, bringing heaven to earth. And that's something that many of us have believed in conceptually, but it does take an intentionality to pursue that, right? And that, that again, at 41, I'm in a different place and I'm just enjoying this, realizing there's no striving, there's no condemnation, I don't have to do anything, but the Lord wants to do it with me. He wants me to learn to lead my family completely obedient, you know, hearing the left and the right, wherever the Holy Spirit says to go, when to move, what house to buy, where to go. Um, I, like I said a lot of times in our Western culture we rely on our own thinking, our own strength, our own ability, our own formulas, our own sacrifices, our own jobs. I think that's honestly why the West sees so fewer miracles you know day to day or at least in the uh, Sunday churches than some of the third world countries and poorer places because they have a need and when there's a need there's a hunger and where there's a hunger there's going to be a willingness to cry out to the Lord and respond and obey and come into agreement, and that, that's really, um, really my heart because I don't think we always know what we agree with. And you know, other preachers will tell you, look at the fruit or look at your actions, and I'll tell you what you believe, and that's true. So, my challenge to anybody listening to this is to, to. To cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to go on this journey with you. I understand I'm perfectly loved and accepted as I am. Everything's you know kosher, right? I believe I'm going to heaven, right? So that's what I was brought up with as a child going to like Christian school. I thought that's what it was all about, right? Just believe the right stuff, go to heaven. But God, we want more and we want to live our lives Directly connected to you, that intimacy to grow to, to when the Lord says, "My sheep hear my voice, and they listen not to the voice of another that 's powerful, and I honestly can say for twenty years i 've heard the Lord tell me that there's a time coming, and I believe we're getting closer and closer to this time when if you do not practice and hear the voice of the lord you 're going to miss something i 'm not talking about again going to heaven and there 's no condemnation i 'm simply talking about You know when there's emergencies when there's times of chaos or hurricanes or problems right wouldn't it be nice to know that you are so sensitive to the holy spirit that when he said go left go left go right go right that's what i'm talking about there's a time coming you know look at covid look at the politics look at how insane the world seems and yet the lord wants us to be a light and be you know be there when his mercy and his goodness is poured out on the earth like like the waters cover the oceans so that's where we need to be. We need to be a maturing body that hears the voice of the Father and listens not to the voice of another. And again, these these aren't things I'm trying to talk about to put any shame, guilt, condemnation. I'm simply wanting to spur up because what I'm hearing in me, what the Lord's talking to me about is obedience, agreement. And, you know, there's ministries, there's books that help you understand what the difference is and how we can agree with things. And, you know, when it comes to the deliverance ministry a lot of people don't believe or understand that you know the the demonic realm can have an effect or influence on your life and it's all about these subconscious agreements maybe you agreed with a lie someone told you you were fat or you weren't good enough or blah, blah 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 that's all that's all these things that are subconscious we don't know where they are they're hidden the answer isn't just you know living life that way or just going to counseling or just getting prayed for ultimately the answer is as individually we come into that place of learning to let the holy spirit unravel that ball of yarn that is our heart that is our life and again for psalm 139 just just taking that time in in our daily lives in our weekly lives in our in our quiet times to ask the lord to search me and know my anxious thought and see if there be any hurtful way in me. And I've got that on the blog too, so I'll link to those two on this episode. Um, Breaking down that verse, what it means, how King David lived his life, being open and honest with the Lord, transparent before God and man, admitted his mistakes and his shortcomings, realized his need for the Savior, and acknowledged that he didn't know what was in his heart. It, you go to Jeremiah 17 9 it says the heart is above all things deceitful um, so who can know that and the Lord says I the Lord search the heart and I, I broke this down every time I do a solo podcast and it's in my blogs but there's a reason that he took me down those progression to verses You know, 20 years ago and it's been this journey ever since to grow and learn and, and to learn how to respond to the Lord in um, where I'm at I'm starting to recognize the voice of the Lord again more clearly, the areas where he's asked me to lay things down or make changes or make go a little bit left or right. I'm not always tuned in, not always sensitive as I should be, but the concepts are there, the outline's there, um, and that's really where I'm going. I uh, I really am feeling the Lord calling me back to the community, uh, getting more out in the streets and involved in my own city. I've done mission works, I've traveled the world, but my heart was always like, well, how can you go and do this if you're not doing it at your own home? And, you know, the last few years I've just been working and it's it's been providing for my family, but something switched. You know, it's been such a blessing going to the resting place in Jesus lab and something switched last year where my job is no longer the most important thing in my life. It's a, a means the Lord is using to provide for my family and give me insurance. And, you know, I'm enjoying, I love people. So I talk to customers and I do sales, but I'm finally realizing like I'm not fulfilled just working to pay the bills. I never was. I think that, you know, back in the day, that's when I ran from the Lord. i I know that our daily life, like you can't feed everybody. You can't take care of the needs of the city. It, it, Caleb Hires has a great teaching on, you know, it's not our burden to carry. He'll burden us for things. So we we go and partner with the Lord and be a part of that. But then he takes the burden. We're not to carry the burden. So what a great life that if you're willing, anytime you are going to drive your car to the grocery store and you, and you literally intentionally say, Lord, show me who to talk to. Show me who to pray for. Show me... Who you know, what you want me to do today. Like, like Lord, I give you my shopping time. I'm yours. Flow through me to bless someone. He will do it every single time. That word intentionality has been coming up, you know, in the Christian world for years. It's been spoken to me for many years. And the areas that I'm learning to be more intentional with my life are the areas where I'm having fruit and success and peace, love, and joy. The areas where I'm not intentional. So. I've never really had mind spirit body healthy all at once I've had each one of them individually I'd say right now I'm really doing a great job in a couple of them but honestly I'm physically healthy been you know doing some ketones keto diet but I really do need to get back out I- I'm like a pit bull if I don't run if I don't get out and get you know energy out I- it's not good right I think my son Willem's the same way so that's something I need to do I need to be intentional with my workout um, all of this coming back this is like a free stream of thought podcast tonight the lord desires obedience not sacrifice the lord wants to literally partner with you in life in everything you do and he wants to teach you and grow you and heal you and you know along the way it's like an onion layer you may things may come up that you thought were dealt with or that you had already dealt with reality is it's okay you don't have to chase it you don't have to go seeking deliverance or seeking healing or seeking money or seeking jobs you learning to be content where you are learning to be at peace in any situation because that's one thing i've always held dear like i'm not afraid of what's coming i'm not afraid if the world gets crazy um you know i know that no matter what the Holy Spirit and the Lord can get you through it. Whether you're in chains, whether you're in jail, whether you're, you know, being jailed for your beliefs and for being a Christian, whether the world's in World War Four, it doesn't matter because we hold to the truth that, that in this world we will have trouble, but take heart for Jesus has overcome the world. And I've always just, I've always had that belief. I've always just known that no matter what, it's going to be okay. And sometimes the little things I wasn't as good at discerning or listening to because as long as the big things were taken care of, everything would work itself out. And I think what the Lord's doing is teaching us to go smaller and smaller in our lives, include Him in more and more. Um, But I promise you, every single person under the sound of my voice before the foundations of the earth, before he knit you together in your mother's womb, he had a plan and a purpose for you. He created you with a kingdom identity to hear his voice and and be a part of his kingdom and release it on the earth. And what that looks like is different for everyone. But the only way you're going to know what your lot is, is, is to learn to ask the Lord to speak to your heart and respond and obey and if he tells you, you know, for this season, do this or don't do this or stop drinking that, then just do it and and see what happens. And I promise you, the Lord is so faithful whenever we're willing to put ourselves out there and, and allow him to be a conduit, allow ourselves to be a conduit for his love. He's faithful to flow through us. And sometimes we get so caught up on our own lives and our own brokenness and our own pain and our own finances that we forget to look out and take our eyes off of ourselves. That is the biggest trap the enemy gets us on. Getting you stuck, looking at yourself, feeling unworthy, feeling not good enough, feeling not intimate enough with the Lord, feeling not qualified. Um, I mean, honestly i'm so thankful for my upbringing and ywam youth with a mission and traveling the world and doing ministry and to be honest one of the biggest things i look back you know i know they focused on to know to know god and to make him known is ywam's credo creed motto <laughs> whatever again it's uh, it's after midnight but i really wanted to just share some of this tonight and um it's not going to be my most Bah, bah, bah put together, but uh, I, I do want these concepts out and I'm going to link to what, I, what I've i written. It is much more uh, concise. I tend to be better with my writing and um, I know I'm supposed to be writing books, but um, when I was in China specifically, I had so many examples. I wasn't perfect and I, I had my own issues and I still had bondage. The whole reason I brought up Yom was I went crazy from like 17 to 21, 22, and just was in the world, just bound up, lived a wild life, fights, drugs, sex, just very wild. And uh, I never really dealt with all of that and got healed. I Just gave my heart back to the Lord, went right back on the missions field and loved it. But I had so many hurts and wounds and lies in my heart and my spirit and just things that needed to be renewed the mind, repented, uh, healed. But honestly, I have so many stories of when I was willing to let the Lord work through me or speak through me or just follow the Holy Spirit. I had these adventures in China and times I got to pray for people, prophesy over people, buy them food, um, do volunteer work. But I I had many specific cases where despite myself, I believed and trusted the Lord in me and I honored the gift and call in my life. Even in those times when I wasn't always in the best place emotionally or maybe had depression, anxiety, there was times that you could see through that. You could see the Lord. You could hear his voice. And and you could actually, just because God, like you think about it, you hear these stories of, you know, men on stage seeing miracles, living these powerful lives. And then you find out they're addicted to drugs or they're sleeping out of their their marriage and you ask God, how how can that be? And I think I've had conversations with my dad about this kind of stuff. And you know, if the Lord can use a donkey and he can use a book that's written for dishonest gain, the Bible says, he can use anything. So I've always said how arrogant is it of us in our Western churches that are modeled often after businesses that we think that's it. You know, God's using it despite us, right? He's using it with its limitations. Um, you know, Frank Viola has a great book about the pagan Christianity and showing all the correlations with, you know, ultimately the religion of Christianity that we've mixed it with all these pagan traditions and holidays and dates. And But you know what? There's some things that are must and some things that are just tools. You know, the aisle, the walkway, the order of service, none of those things mattered. They're just tools that we use. And so as I've grown older, I've recognized, you know, not so much a disdain for things i used to not like i'm learning you know the lord can use it however the the ministers and the ministries and the people that have most influenced me have been the ones who live radical obedient lifestyles dependent upon the lord not man not their bank account not their ministry budget and they did it and they modeled it. And because they did it, I have a faith for it and I believe it. And I believe that in your life, if you feel called to something, if you have a vision, if you have a dream, if you're feeling drawn to the street, um, the Lord will provide. You know, uh, I love, you know, Abraham's story. And when he brought us to the street, you know, to, to feed the homeless and it wasn't even the homeless, just go out on the street with bags of hot dogs and water and just connect with people and and feed who is hungry. And there was no formula. There was no, this is what you have to do. We were led by the Holy Spirit. We went out in groups of two and three, and we literally had a wonderful time ministering to people. And it was ultimately just relationship building, connecting with people, being obedient if we felt we had a word from the Lord, encouraging people, giving hugs, giving drinks, giving water. And it was so simple that he basically said, look, I think we have 120 bags of food and it cost like 60 or $70. It was insane. And when you see people that are having hard times, that are living on the street, they're not mad. They're fine. They're happy to have a hot dog. They're happy to have um, a bottle of water. And it was a beautiful thing to watch. And that's that's one way of doing it. And it was great. And we can all practice that. We can all do that. Another friend of mine is doing something far more extravagant benjamin Dunn is on the um, you know he, him and his uh his his wife are literally going out and bringing feasts to the impoverished in san diego in different places and they're they're beautiful built it's art it's cheese and fruits and i saw it on instagram yesterday in the story and you know he told me it was going and i was like this is crazy because they put thought and time behind that and you know they prayed over it and it's actually one of the businesses they have doing these custom-made fruit and you know amazing whatever those charcuterie things and but to see the videos done so tastefully that wasn't trying to you know get glory for it or highlight people it was it was very artsy it wasn't focused on people that you know, try to get attention. It was just very beautiful. And just seeing the table and seeing the hands coming in, different hands, dirty hands, grabbing like rich foods, like the kind of foods, choice foods they talk about in the Bible. And, and that's one way of doing it too. And guess what? The difference is, it's what you feel the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. And if you only have a loaf of bread and five small fish, seven small fish, two, two pieces of bread, It's what you give to the Lord and say, here, God, use me. You know, it's like, I'm getting emotional here because the enemy wants you to believe that you're not good enough. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. The enemy wants you to believe that your voice doesn't matter, that your portion doesn't matter, that your gifts and your calling don't matter. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell because the creator of heaven and earth the, the king of the universe. He had you in mind and he had me in mind when he created us, right? He had a plan and a purpose for us. And you'll never be truly fulfilled if you're not on this adventure with God. He wants us to go on an adventure and life becomes so much more exciting. I remember when I came back from the missions field and I had so much hurt and pain and I was I was like I'm never going to do that again. I'm never, you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, living by faith again. And you know, I worked hard and I I provided and had different jobs and now it's like, you know, my mom and dad picked us up, moved us across the world when we were like I think 11 and under. I think Stephen was 5, I was 7. And um what faith to move four kids across the world when you're 30 and under and and start over in another country. And you know what? I, I was fearful because the world got harder and traveling got more difficult and I couldn't take my big 75 pound bags anymore. And, but you know what? I know for a fact that the Lord is leading and yeah, maybe now we do short-term missions. Maybe we travel and, and do, you know, but I know I was called to the nations. There's, there's a reason I was born in, in another, you know, traveled to another country and lived in another country and have been to 36 continents and I wanna be able to take my kids on missions trips and not be fearful of the travel or of the country or of the COVID or, you know, I I know that the Lord put that love for culture and countries and nations on my heart when I was a kid for a reason. I love people, I love traveling, and I can ask the Lord to provide finances, right? The fears, oh, you know, I'm working my butt off, Providing for the family, there's really no money left to save for a down payment browser to do anything else. It doesn't make sense. make more money than I've ever made and it's not enough because everything's going up and my electricity bill's going up and but that's the difference that was orphan thinking that was small thinking because the Lord can provide for my home. He can provide for my needs, He can provide for travel for missions trips. Um, he can provide creatively. And I can ask the Lord, how do you want me to you know, raise money for these things? Um, I'm looking forward to taking my children as they get a little older on, on missions trips. I want them to see. We grew up experiencing missionaries from across the world and it had such an impact on my life, seeing people from different cultures, seeing people do community together, eat together, share their lives together on the Youth of the Mission base in the Netherlands. And I can honestly say, I wouldn't change anything for the world, even though I came back in a really difficult age, going from eighth grade to ninth grade, and um, you know, just the trauma of being a third culture kid, feeling like I didn't fit in. I think that's where a lot of my issues came from. But the Lord is faithful, and how much did I learn along the way, and how many amazing men and women of God did I meet living overseas and traveling, doing missions. And I'm saying all of this now because that the lords bring to light the lies that i was holding on to that i was struggling that i was providing for my family and 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 it's just shifting now that no the lord is providing for my family um i often hear the lord's voice and and that's it i hear it and i'm done and i think that's it um you know i i wrote an email to pastor caleb today and it, it was you know when covid was going on we were going to saturday night worship at at church and first friday worship and we loved it but we had had been going to a different church before covid and um, i remember first friday worship when i heard you know i heard the lord very clearly this is your church and it was powerful it was it was like i knew it i knew we're supposed to go here now they had quit doing saturday worship so we'll we'll just go sunday and then the next year when joel launched Carolwood campus and he was talking about it and they send out stuff in the Facebook. And I just knew, I knew we're to go and support Joel. I just knew it. And in my head, I'm going to go support Joel. We're going to be a part of that. We're going to stay there. That's what happens with me. I hear the Lord. And then I just bought, I, I bottleneck, I close off. I think that's it. And, um, in January of this year, my mom and dad had taken over a small church in Carolwood called Tampa Bay Christian, um, community i always say it wrong tbcc tampa bay community church i think um and i never even thought like you know what i'm gonna go help that i'm gonna go serve with that i just had this idea i'm gonna grow with joel i'm gonna serve with them i've always been connected to different ministries and churches the lord's used me to connect people from different places all over the world it's been a call and a gift on my life so you know it's i still feel called to work with joel and partner with him and love him and support him But the other night, a couple weeks ago, we were on the phone call and when we hung up, it was like, boom, it was the craziest thing. I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was supposed to go and support mom and dad and be a part of this church, which is a small community church with mostly retirement age people. And of course we're bringing in, now there's two families with small kids. It's crazy. It's just the Lord wanted to do something in that specific area. And um, when I, realized that I all of a sudden had a realization and a remembrance of these times in my past when I had a desire to work with my dad and learn from him and to do ministry with him. I I remembered as a kid and when I first went back to the missions field, like that was my desire in my early 20s. So, you know, I would have regretted it if I didn't honor and obey the Holy Spirit and go be a part of this new church. Now, the Lord's building his church. He's building his community, the ecclesia, the empowered people of God. Because we go in different buildings doesn't mean we're not a part of the same church. And Pastor Joel, before he prayed us out a couple of weeks ago, had a great message. And he and he shared from the microphone, you know, many people have had bad experiences leaving churches or church splits or different things. And um, one time when they left a the church, the pastor blessed them. And then they found out later, told everybody not to talk to them. So everybody's had these heartbreaks, these horror stories. And Joel said, he called me and Tara up to the front and he said, we're not going to do that At, at our house. We're family and Thomas and Tara are family. And if they're feeling called to go to another church, we bless that. Just because you go to another church doesn't mean you're not family. You're not part of the church. And that's the message that was so powerful because my heart is to continue to work with and partner with all these different churches. Pat Eberly from Oasis, who I spoke with about at the beginning, I love her so much, and she's clearly hearing from the voice of the Lord that this is a season for churches to work together, to partner together, and you know that's beautiful as we continue to do these um, multi-church worship events that's going on all over Tampa. Many different churches are doing variations of it. We're starting them again at this church, and I love it. I love what God's doing, and nobody's going to get mad if you go to first friday worship at resting place because you go to a different church nobody's going to get mad if you go to the bible school at abide or at resting place because you go to a different church it's okay we're one body and um so i just encourage you that life is a journey the journey is the destination and our job is to respond to the love of god and come into agreement with the cross respond to the love of god right now that's flowing towards you from the throne room of heaven from the dimension in your heart the love of god the love of god fill you up encourage your heart bless you and come into agreement with the cross and you know what that means there may be some disappointment there may be some heartache but it's a journey to walk on God doesn't want you to walk with depression. God doesn't want you to walk with pain. God doesn't want you to walk with diseases and addictions. The cross is the answer. It it wouldn't say he bore all our sickness and all our shame, all our disease, all our guilt, all our sin, if it wasn't true. And that's the book I'm writing from concept to reality. That's what I'm going to be speaking with about some of the guests coming on. What's the difference? Because we believe a concept, but what does it look like when we're not quite experiencing it? It doesn't make it not true. And it doesn't make it not worth pursuing. Your freedom is worth pursuing. Your health is worth pursuing. Your wholeness is worth pursuing. I remember all those years ago you know with struggling with that noise in my head and and you know depression anxiety whatever i just remember you know always having those conversations with mom and dad or people that would you know well god can use medicine that's fine and that's dandy and he does but i always had this deep deep belief that he would make me completely whole that my mind would be free and having experienced so much peace in the last few years more than my whole life it's it's just incredible and it it's for everybody. The peace of the Lord is for everybody. It's not, it's not for me. And yeah, it's a difficult theological question to answer why there's pain and suffering. Why am I experiencing because of sin in the world, there's brokenness, you know, there's allergies, there's pain, there's, you know, addictions and and tendencies, but all of that was dealt with on the cross, all of it. And that is our job. Our job as believers is to respond to the love of God and come into agreement with the cross. And if you've never heard of the concept or the idea of the finished works of the cross, there's a wonderful book called The Gospel of Peace by Dr. Bobby Wilmot gave it to me. And I'd never read a book in my life that literally put word for word what it took me a lifetime to learn and grow. I think it's Dr. Jordan B. Richardson I'll put it on the website, seekeroftruth.co, it'll be episode 21. I'm going to link to some of this stuff and um, to my other blogs that are talking about these similar topics. Again, stream of thought all over the place, no condemnation, not being proud, not thinking I have all the answers. I know that the Lord's speaking to me about obedience, responding to the Lord, coming into agreement. And the the agreements, those are concepts that are, that are having to do with healing and deliverance for, you know, forever. But learning to apply that to your own life, that's the journey. Wow, that was scary. Um, Thank God for technology, the uh, internet out for some reason and the stream ended and thank god this awesome uh program riverside fm uses chrome and apparently it saves the recording in the background and then uploads it because i would have lost everything but that book was the gospel of peace by dr james b richards highly recommend it honestly it literally takes you through the whole you know plans and purposes of God and the cross and what Jesus died for and what, what it actually involved, what, what that looked like, Um, the finished works of the cross, because it's done. It's finished once and for all. Thank you. If you've uh, listened this long, I appreciate everybody encouraging me along the way I'm learning um, the logistics of a website and a podcast and, you know, logistics of booking guests from different corners of the earth and different time zones and, a lot of commitments um, just pushed them out a few months for a different reason. So it's uh, it's fun to, to do this, and I'm learning as I go. Please do like and follow me. Share any of the blogs or podcasts that you know I've spoken to you. Again, don't um, judge them all based on the beginnings because uh, it is a process, and I'm, I'm getting more comfortable. Um, I do know that um, the Lord has... Put this on my heart, and that I'm obeying, and I'm continuing to um, to put these on. I do love um, my guests. I have some upcoming guests that I hold very dear and near to me, and look forward to them sharing their story and their journey. There's some really cool, exciting ones. Some amazing women of God coming on, and um, I just wanted to encourage everybody that the love of the Lord is so powerful that it already made a way and figured out everything you need. And you've been given everything you need for life and godliness already. You already have it. You already got it. There's so many good resources out there for whatever you're going through, whatever topic you want to study. If it's healing, you know, listen to Andrew Womack and Bo Johnson. If it's, um, you know, inner healing or learning to renew your mind and change your thinking, get Graham cook. If it's, you know, you can get Joyce Myers. There's so many ministers out there and amazing tools. And I'm going to be, you know, highlighting some of them in my blogs. Um, but I just don't want us to get to a place of sacrifice to a place of just doing things, going through the motions, um, doing the formula, going to church on Sunday, and, and, you know, my dad preached a powerful message a few weeks ago about the, the, um, the ministry of reconciliation that we all are called to, that we're reconciling the world to God, that Christ reconciled the world, but our job is to bring that ministry of reconciliation to each person. And um, I just, I don't know. I'm here. I'm near. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father. I just thank you so much for what you're doing in the earth, Lord, that as as darkness abounds, your light abounds more. That as as difficulty and, and pain and suffering all over the world, that your love is more. It's enough. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for encouraging each person that hears this over time, that they are called to be your son and your daughter. They're called to partner with you in a journey called life, that you have a plan and a purpose for them. And you've given them dreams and visions and desires and talents and gifts, and you just would love to walk through life with them, showing them how to use them, when to use them, what to use them for, Lord. I just thank you for those that are obedient and that are mature in hearing your voice, And I just encourage everybody to to practice hearing the voice of the Lord. Take that time and be still and search my heart and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me, Lord. We just honor you, Father. Your name is great, Jesus. You are a good God. You are a big God. You are bigger than American politics. You are bigger than the problems in the world, Lord. We just thank you for what you're doing all over the earth. We just thank you for highlighting and bringing eyes to this, this scourge called trafficking and, and, and slavery and sex trafficking, Lord. We just thank you for comforting those that are in pain and suffering. We thank you for bringing out into the open that which was hidden, Lord. That you would raise up more Tim Ballards. that you would raise up more people that have positions of authority that can do something about it, Lord, that can put a stop to it. Just thank you so much, God, for for my Tampa city, for my Tampa city, Lord. That this city that that I was born in, that you love this city so much, God. That you desire for all of Tampa to be saved. That everyone would come to the knowledge of your son, Jesus. Thank you so much for your peace and your joy and your love. Thank you for guiding us, Lord. Thank you for protecting our hearts, Lord. I just thank you so much that your Holy Spirit is going around and whispering to our hearts and drawing us in, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that that you said when the when when we when we look to the law, a veil is covering our faces, Lord. But when we turn to the Holy Spirit, who is the Lord, the veil is removed, God. We just seek you. You seek your face without a veil. We seek your Holy Spirit. We say yes and amen and we say yes and amen for all that you're doing in our lives. And we just encourage you to continue to show us and highlight our eyes what you're doing so we would be aware, Lord, that we would hear your voice and we would be obedient to what you're saying, God. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that no matter where we find ourselves, we can look up and we can gaze on your eyes and we can just breathe in your love, God. In Jesus' name. Hi, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to the Seeker of Truth podcast and also visit our website, seekeroftruth.co for more information about all of our guests and how you can hear more from them. I pray this conversation encouraged, uplifted, and inspired you to pursue truth at a deeper level.